Hey, how's it going, Hey Founded listeners? This is your host, Justin Ardell, with the Investor Bites segment of the Hey Founded podcast. On this segment, we bring in Boston's best, brightest, and most experienced investors and advisors to give you founders the advice needed to take your venture to the next level. Thank you for tuning in. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to find co-founders and to build the team behind your venture. There are so many interconnected factors that it's critical to take a deep dive into this topic. Thanks so much for listening. Today, we have Eric Bullen. Now, Eric is a founder, CEO, board member. Eric has really seen all sides of the table. He's an extremely experienced entrepreneur, investor, advisor in the Boston area, and is really plugged in with the Boston area of startups, as well as founders and entrepreneurs. So Eric, uh, if you'd like to take it away, we'd love to hear about your background from you. Um, maybe we could start off talking about your experience with Three Sages, uh, maybe talk about Venn Capital, Gravitate AI, Bolster, Mendoza Ventures. You got a lot on your plate. We'd love to hear about it. It's really awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, uh, yeah, Justin, thanks for having me. I appreciated that. Um, so yes, um, I, um, I'm i pretty involved with the Boston ecosystem. Um, I've been, um, to give you some background, I was in the um, uh, venture and startup space since um, nine, the mid-90s. I'm dating myself, right? I was employee number one at a startup called um, back in the days of PCs. And um, I was employee number one for a company, a startup, uh, when I was at university in college of William Mary. And uh, which really got me into the uh, startup space and interesting, interested in it. Um, I, um, <clears throat> since the time I've spent time in venture in, uh, startups and, uh, corporate innovation as well. Um, years ago in, uh, 2016, I joined a, um, a CEO, a, uh, SaaS marketing startup, um, led the company as more of a PA play and, uh, we, uh, grew the company and, um, ended up hiring the, the core team. Uh, by design, I uh, exited the company in 2018 of August. My daughter at that point turned five as well, started kindergarten. So I want to spend more time with her. Uh, and at that time, I decided, hey, I want to spend more time at home and I'll take more of a portfolio approach. And you mentioned before, <clears throat> in terms of some of the things that I do. So I already spent my time in three buckets. Uh, one is, um, giving back to the community. So I, I do mentor at Techstars, Mass Challenge. I'm also on the uh, uh, advisory board for the Capital Network. We provide uh, fundraising training for women and minorities and also uh, a mentor there. Um, also on the board for Venn Capital, we provide venture capital training for minorities and women to enter the venture capital industry. And I'm also a mentor as well at that point. So um, so that's really meaningful for me. Um, second part is I'm also an investor. I'm an LP in two funds, uh, Mendoza Ventures, which is the first um, Latino uh, fund here on the East Coast, uh, husband and wife team. <clears throat> and I'm also an LP in AI Capital, which invests in, um, call it like, um, AI, but fundamental AI, right? As opposed to like the chat GPT type of stuff. So, um, and then um, I'm also part of TPD Angels. We're about 300 angels right now, uh, largely national, but heavily weighted towards Boston. 
Um, no particular sector, but uh, we're all operators as well and investors, which is very different from the typical angel groups. Uh, and then the third part is I do um, advise companies, startups specifically, <coughs> pre-seed CJ startups as an advisor, and also play a COO role. I've been COO, uh, I've been CEO, uh, but my... <coughs> My lane these days is COO. I love strategy and operations and executing things. So that's why I spend time these days. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm super excited about um, you know despite the pandemic where we can go, especially in the Boston ecosystem. Uh, but beyond that as well, overall, for sure. Thank you so much yeah. for that that background. Um, yeah. And and you know. I think that there's just a lot to really unpack in terms of your your career, and that could be an episode in and of itself, and and such a fantastic experience. But talking about that emphasis that you have on strategy and, and advising, what what drew you to that to those like COO type positions? Why yeah why why being CEO? Why does that appeal to you most? Um, you know, for for me, it's um, I I don't care about titles. I don't care about I I care about building meaningful things. I, I say things as about like companies, um, nonprofits, or products, right? I'm, I'm a product person, so um, I'm that. That's what what's what I'm passionate about. I love seeing like building things, designing and building things, and seeing things that are out in the wild in like like in the market, right? That's what I enjoy. Um, so <clears throat> I am like. I I'm an introvert by nature. Um I and, and you know, I mean if you look at the the studies academically, like even CEOs 50-50, right? It's 50% are extroverts, 50% are introverts, right? Um personally I'm an introvert. I, I've done the CEO type of job, but I enjoy being the right-hand person for somebody who's the visionary I love to like work with visionaries to define the strategy and then execute and then doing that job I, that that's my lane these days um and, and I love it and, and that's I, I've done that with three stages with guidely with with other companies as well and it's, um it's you know it's where I see myself going for the next few years as well you know? gotcha that's great. And I think this leads really well into the topic of discussion for today. Uh, and that is how to find a co-founder. And we've had guests come on the show. More specifically, we've had uh, Kevin Tang, who's the founder of Kleena. They're a restroom hardware products company. Um, they have been very successful. They've had an excellent raise and they build a self-lifting as well as self-lowering toilet seat that is completely self-powered, very innovative tech. Just in terms of that, we've had Kevin come on and speak about how to find a co-founder. Um, and he's had experience in terms of building his team across the BU MIT talent pool in terms of finding his co-founders. He has his own story with that. In terms of your perspective on how you should find a co-founder, what should one look for in a COO and a, you know, CFO, whatever that role may be, a chief of staff as you're building a startup. And at what point do you really need to consider how important it is that this team is built for long-term success rather than short-term success? At what points should you consider whether these founders are equipped to pivot, whether you're at pre-seed, seed, series A, and so forth? Just all of these factors that interplay in terms of finding co-founders. Where does that, how does that look? <laughs> I think there's so much stuff to unpack here. 
So I, I think on one hand, there's like, what are you looking for, right? Let's say you're a founder, a single founder, right? And you, you look, either you're founder on the business side, the tech side, right? And and um, it depends on the industry specifically itself, right? If you're a very tech heavy industry, biotech, AI, and so on, more than likely you're a, a, a tech founder, right? You need somebody who runs the business, right? Uh, you might have another company that is a startup that's more in the, let's say, uh, I don't know, I'm throwing out like e-commerce or something, something more generic, right? Like, hey, I'm a business founder. I need somebody more on the tech side, right? Um, regardless of that, I think you need to find somebody uh, like from an investor perspective, and, and there's a lot of debate about, about this, Um Personally, based on my experience and based on what I've 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 seen, I prefer to invest in companies that have two two co-founders, right? Two founders essentially, as opposed to single point of failure, right? There are others who were like, I'll I'll pay a check to a single founder, right? Um, but again, I think there's it's very situational, right? I've invested in a single founder and I've, I've Honestly, I've I've lost my money, right? So, yep, so yeah. I I you know uh, from a risk management perspective, I'd rather invest in a company that has at least or or two co-founders, like from business and technology perspective, right? Because that kind of mitigates some of the risk that you have as an investor. Um, so. Um, I think that um, from a perspective of finding a co-founder, whether business or technology, um, I think it's, it's um, look, on one hand, it's chemistry, right? You're in, you're in the room, in the bed, right, with this person for the next five to 10 years, right? I mean, it's a long time, right? Um, you've got to be able to have not just be able to have the capabilities and match each other, but also have the chemistry to be able to work with each other, right? And I think from aside from chemistry, it's like if I'm a founder, I want to find somebody who I have chemistry with, but also who is someone who can call my bullshit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to pull it bluntly, right? Um, to be able to say, hey, you know what? <clears throat> um, not a yes person, but somebody who is able to say, hey, you know, great, but here's what else we might be able to do and so on. So find somebody who can be contrarian, but at, at the same time be complimentary to you, right? And, and But someone who you can be, who you can see yourself spending the next five years together, right? So um, that's super important. Um, and I've had the, not, not sure if I mentioned this, but uh, the the first job I had, the the founder, Lee Scruggs, hired me as employee number one. He's still my best friend to this day. That's great. And Lee is, he was a mentor to me when he hired me. Uh, when I was there, and eventually I became a mentor him, and we're now mentor mentee both ways, right? So, 
<laughs> in in a good way, right? So he mentors me, I mentor him, and we were just good friends. So I, I think that's huge and something to think about as you're thinking about your co-founder. Yeah. yeah. So at, at at what point did you realize with, with Lee that you were going to become his mentor? And then and like where where did the that skill set difference kind of where when did that gap start to close? And or where did you start to pass him in certain ways? And how did he stay ahead in his ways? Like, how does that look? Sounds like you had that contrarian kind of you know, relationship as founder, co-founder um, that you mentioned. How did that look? Again, how did it take shape, change over time? Yeah, it, it didn't. I, I would say it, it didn't like during the time we were together. It was more about uh, we were together building company. I left um, at a certain point in time and then we kept in touch and saw each other twice a year, essentially. And he was my best friend. He um, um, did a lot of things for me. I reached out to him, and and I mean, it's kind of the sort of relationship things, right? We we kind of evolved into becoming um, best friends, right? Overall, so and I can like I could call him up today, right, and say, "Hey, Lee, I've got an issue or a challenge, or whether it's personal or business." And he'll pick up the phone, right? Vice versa, I'll do the same, right? So I think that's the awesome part about, um, I mean, you, you're talking about co-founders, right? But having peers and mentors and people in your in your kind of a lane, right, to yep. help you is, is awesome, right? And it doesn't matter how, like, I mean, I don't care if you're Elon Musk or whoever, right? I mean, it's like you always need somebody there, right, to reach out to and say, hey, you know what? I've had a shitty day. <laughs> so help yeah. me. Like, what do you think? Right. So get you, you know, get you all, out of the all humans, all humans. Right. So, of course. And, yeah. And I imagine you've also seen startups where this, maybe this human component is missing. Maybe it's the founders are approaching it with, you know, this is business. Um, this is my venture. And they really kind of try to secularize that from the fact that, no, you can, of course, form a friendship here. They're not these mutually exclusive things. It's actually important that they interplay. Have you seen cases where founders are too sterile, too, um, I guess uncommitted to building those friendships, building the building that trust between their the other founding members, and like, how's that panned out? Is there cases where that that type of approach is successful, or do you find it, you know, you really got to have that human approach, a human? Yeah, um, not a big fan of. I mean, again, putting my investor hat, uh, whether it's TBD or Walnut and so on, I I I do want the vulnerability and the the openness, right? Of hey, we're giving you feedback, right? Um, as a founder, you have to have conviction and really um you've got a vision, right? Vision and conviction, right? Um, at the same time, you've got to be open to feedback, right? Because you might not see. Um, you might be blind to some of the things that some of the investors see, right? That have seen patterns over and over and over again, right? So 
be open to that, right? And you're the one who's got to absorb all this feedback from, I don't know, 10, 20 investors or advisors or whatever it is, um, but figure it out. You're the one who's got to do it um, and, and decide how to move forward. Um, but what I what I would shy away from is, um, and I'll give you an example, there's a company that I personally invested in um, and the founder, um, we as investors, I mean, like 20, 30 investors, like over and over told them like, no, you got to do this, <laughs> right? So this is the direction to go. Um, and um, again, not to say that we're managing the company, but we're giving them advice, right? Not like going one ear to the other, right? Um, that's scary. That's worrisome, right? So it's a partnership overall when you're investing in company and you, you're investing in a founder and a founding team, right? So um, we all want to make sure we got the right the the right outcome, the the best outcome. Um, and if there's one party, whether it's a board member or investor or the founder or team member who's like, I don't care what you say. Like, I mean, we're all, we all have to work on this. It's a startup, right? We have to adapt. We have to evolve. And we have to figure out what's best for our customers, right? And how to grow the business. That's what's the ultimately the outcome that we need to achieve. Absolutely. Yeah. I think maybe just changing lanes a little bit in terms of going back to the, the core idea of finding a co-founder. So you say that, you know, you usually like to see teams that at least have two co-founders. So yeah. beyond the, that, you know, that core team, those two, maybe three, maybe four people, how do you then build a team thereafter? Uh, I mean, this just becomes maybe more about skill sets that you're hiring for, whether you need, you know, somebody in engineering, uh, whether you need somebody in uh, sales or you need, you know, you need to BDR, et cetera. Um, those needs will, will arise. But I feel like as a company grows, you sort of as a founder or co-founder lose that control that you have over, over picking that core audience because it just, you know, whatever your vendor is, it just becomes this, this big thing. And then you get into kind of the concept of, of company culture and how that permeates throughout that throughout that employee workforce and what that looks like. But uh, how, in terms of your experience, what have you seen that leads to successful growth in terms of hiring talent and bringing on um, you know new members? Maybe you add a fourth or fifth co-founder down the line because they bring so much value to the table in, in a certain category. What do cases like that look like? Yeah. Um, I. I, I think it's less about having a co-founder specifically. I, I, I think it's more about setting the vision and the uh, the opera like the organization and the, the culture, right? Culture is like number one, right? Um, even day one. Like what kind of company do you want to be? Um, and then who they hire in order to be part of that culture and who believes in the same things that you do, right, overall, uh, which is super important in my mind as you scale into like, hey, we're two people versus 20 versus 40 versus 100 and so on. So 
there tends to be a tipping point in um, companies, any organization, right? 100 people, there's a tipping point, right? So, I mean, there's a ton of research done like when does a company or organization go beyond like the founder? It tends to be like 100 people, right? Um, but you need to set the stage now about what you believe in as a founder, what kind of company you want to be in, so that you don't have the the organizational and technical debt um, once you scale, right? Because it's one thing if you do pre-seed, seed, stage. Yes, I've got five hundred thousand dollars or one point five million dollars, but once you see, once you uh, reach product market fit, and you have Series A. And suddenly you've got somebody investing two to three, four million dollars, depending on where you are, right? And then you've got to scale and, and it's a rocket ship going off, right? You want to be ready for that at that point. And um, I think some companies are not, right? And, um, you know, they go out of bounds. And um, it's like, how do you... The the difficult question for us as founders, like you and me and, and everybody else listening, is how do you set a, how do you essentially communicate vision and culture, hire somebody to take that and say, okay, great. You know, I'm going to have to hire the next 50 people who believe that too, right? And you yeah. were able to. Like I can micromanage, right? As a CEO or a founder or a CEO, CEO yeah, right? You have to have faith in the people you're hiring. Yeah, you got to faith, right? Yeah, and that's I think one of the toughest parts about growing company. It's like letting go, letting yeah. go. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, and um, it, it's it's hard. It's really hard, but um, it's hard from a personal perspective because it's your baby. Um, at the same time, it's like, how do you, okay, it's my baby. How do you put the policies, procedures, whatever? How do you hire the right people to be your kind of your mini me, if you will, right? Yeah. You, your vision of what yeah. you want the company to be, right? So the mini me. I like yeah. that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, Again, and I, I feel like as I, you know, grow in my you know, entrepreneurial career, that's something that I'll want to experience in terms of just like making those decisive hires and mm-hmm. that kind of like hub and spoke of I'm going to hire this person and they're going to hire this network of people and grow. Like, I mean, I feel like that would be a great problem to have down the line, uh, <laughs> losing control of a, a scaling venture, um, something I very much look forward to. And so Eric, now that we've you know talked a good deal about these teams, these founding teams, co-founders, um, I think we've kind of touched upon it. But there are p- points in time where a founder will take the back seat uh, as they scale. Uh, they might realize that their skill set doesn't doesn't fit this. I've heard founders, co-founders say, uh, you know, I like to scale. Uh, I like to be be there for for when this venture is scaling or I like to be the person who is who's who has the idea, who seeds the idea. People who like to just, you know, be serial entrepreneurs and have an idea onto the next, have an idea onto the next. You know, they like to plant the seed for these companies. Uh, and again, ones that like to really see it grow. Um, at what point do you maybe realize that about yourself when you need to maybe take a back seat uh, or maybe step down as CEO for the, you know, for the good of the company, for the good of your venture? Um, have you seen cases like that? 
And does it get ugly or do founders tend to be uh, pretty reasonable and rational about the, those types of decisions? Yeah, I, I, I look, I, I, I kind of see it as a binary um, sense, right? So um, see it all the time. I, I think myself included, right? The question is, as a founder, like, what's your mission? Right? Are you looking to build a company that makes a difference in the world, regardless of what you are doing? Right? Yeah. Um, are you willing to say, "Hey, I've born this thing," right? But I'm willing to put people in place in order to grow because I'm not the best person, right? To do get it to the next stage, right? Yeah. I wouldn't, do, wouldn't do that. Um, I think the um, opposite side is a founder who's like this is my thing i'm growing it and i'm the one who can do it i'm the one it's personality culture based right personality based um i don't believe that so um i think there are definitely companies and we've had issues like um in the industry such as we work and others i mean even I mean, call like Elon Musk, right? Very personality based, right? So, not not to open a kind of worms here, but uh, I mean, it, it's all about him versus the company, right? Yep. Um, so, um, I'm on the side of hey, we found a way to make a difference, and I don't care who's on the team. Let's make a difference and let's build the company and spill the product right and if i as a founder need to step aside i can still have the vision but um if i'm not the right person fine that's okay and um you know those are the type of founders again putting on my investor hat those are the type of founders i look for right so great you know you've got the final market fit you've got product market fit but um long term are you the best person to take it from, let's say, 20 person to 100, 250? Maybe not, right? But if you'll still, you still might write the check in that case as long as they're aware. Of yeah. In order to be successful, right? You might not be the right person. I might not be the right person, right? To do it, right? Let's find the right people or per people or persons or whatever in order to take this next level, right? So, mm -hmm separate yourself out from yourself um, and think about what the outcomes ought to be. Let's focus on outcomes, right? What is the outcome we want to achieve as entrepreneurs? Um, what's the best way to do that? And maybe that's not, maybe I'm not part of the equation. Maybe, maybe somebody else is not part of the equation. Maybe I need to bring in somebody else, yeah. right? That's great. Absolutely. Do that. So. Absolutely. And um, I think, I think I'm just kind of yeah. zooming out in terms of you know putting on that investor hat, as you're saying, and, and looking from the perspective of an investor, uh, how, just generally speaking, how involved, and I imagine this varies, how involved do you tend to be in that process of advising and giving feedback, um, especially if you're, say, say you're an early stage investor, pre-seed, and maybe you're looking at a company that's scaled from pre-seed to now they're at series C, maybe they're eyeing some type of exit. Um, you know, as a lead investor, as an early investor, how much influence are you going to have 
in a company uh, in, in terms of influencing the founders and the founding team as it progresses? Kind of a loaded question, um, but maybe maybe there's some experience that you have and that you could speak to in seeing that. Based on experience, I, I can tell you that uh, personally, I tend to spoke, focus on pre-seed and seed stage companies. Um, so if you're saying like seed stage companies, definitely not. I mean, that tends to be more like the later stage VC companies, right? Especially in the VC side. Um, but I definitely... Um, the companies I work with are pre-seed, seed stage, which ill-defined, right, in yeah. general. But but companies that are pre-revenue or, or post-revenue, small post-revenue, right? Uh, maybe a couple of people or two, three, four, five people. Um, and I I like to think, and this is not for me to answer, right? I, I like to think that I have some influence about or I help right? For the companies I work with uh, in terms of fundraising, pitching, uh, in terms of thinking about product, in terms of thinking about uh, go-to-market and so on. Um, that's kind of my lane these days. Um, also in terms of um, thinking about like, okay, you're a pre-seed stage company, you're, you've got a few people. What if you get that A series or B series check? How do you start scaling, right? Operationally. Yeah. So that's my lane. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, I, I think it's really important to think about culture, operations, technology, and so on, early stage. Yeah. So, um, so in, yeah. yeah. In, in your case, um, you know, when you're making these investments and writing the check, you're, you I mean, you've done your diligence, you have faith in these founders yeah. and um, you can give them feedback, but ultimately you trust them in the decisions they're going to make and, yeah. you know, the returns are going to get you right. So, so like it's, I mean, it's it's not as though, and again, it can vary from investor to investor for what I understand stage to stage, industry to industry, but it's not as though these investors are acting as consultants or full-time advisors in most cases. They already, the, the founders already have their network. They're already doing their job, right? No, no yeah, 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 definitely not. I, I think that that's the right way to go. Um, example is one of the companies that I've worked with for the past couple of years called Focal Point, where we, um, what we do is we're SaaS solution providing, um, um, it, it's a procurement space, right? SaaS solution overall, uh, to make it simple. Um, but the founder, Anders Lodovic, is, he was a um, 25 years, like, he was in the procurement space, CPOs, chief procurement officer, and so on. Uh, two months before the pandemic, he said, you know what? Um, I've been trying to find a solution <laughs> right, to solve my issue that I have, which is that these billion-dollar companies, I mentioned this before, um, are managing um, huge spend on spreadsheets and PowerPoints, right? And he said, I'm going to quit. I'm going to build a solution, SaaS solution, and so on. So I started working with him as well um, since the time. And I love the fact that he's got a uh, final market fit. And um, he has, I mean, he, he definitely has, he's the one, as an advisor, investor, I'm like, you know what? I'll give you money. You figure it out, right? <laughs> And he's the type of person who will go off on his own and do things. If he needs help, he'll come back, 
right? And ask for help. And then I'll go off and, okay, great. I heard your advice from me or somebody, some of the other advisors. I'll go off and 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 fix things or try things out and then come back if need be, right? Gotcha. But yeah. it's uh yeah, he's um yeah, he's an amazing person. And that's the type of founders I love. Right? Good quality. So yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And then so ultimately it varies from founder to founder, but what you yeah. just said there, great traits to have. Um so Eric, uh, I think I think we'd start to kind of wrap up wrap up this episode. I feel like we've really covered a lot in terms of talking about co-founders, founding teams, the traits that you like to see uh, in these founders and co-founders, um, building a team. Covered a lot. Um, I think just to summarize, what constitutes a rock solid team? Uh, what constitutes a rock solid co-founder? I guess in just a few short sentences, something really simple, punctual uh, that our listeners can kind of take away and uh, you know really store away and keep at the front of their minds uh, as they're building their ventures? Yeah, I I, I, I think that, um, again, putting my, my investor hat, um, the big thing for me is uh, find a market fit, right? Well, you talk a lot about product market fit, but I want to have found a market fit, right? A founder or founders, co-founders who really understand the industry, who are scratching their own itch. It's huge, right? I love that. And um, so that that's a big factor for me. Um, I think if it's let's say a single founder who's got product like a product market fit and founder market fit, and he's looking for somebody who might be a technical or a business founder, vice versa, depending on industry. I think the the key question for me is uh, what's the chemistry? What is the other person number two providing to that leadership team? Right. And is there chemistry there? Um, is there a, comp- a complementary um, capabilities and experience that they're providing, right, overall? So because, I mean, in many ways from a leadership perspective, and this is like a leadership one-on-one, it's like you want somebody, leadership perspective one-on-one, you want somebody who um, doesn't always agree with you, right? That's fine. You don't want a yes person. <laughs> you want somebody who's like, okay, <laughs> you know, call you bullshit. So, yeah. uh, which, which is fine. But at the same time, you're all aligned to the same mission, right? So, and um, so I think those are things to look out for. Um, I think the third part is, especially for founders, as they're looking for co founders, um, look at the, um, I mean, from an equity ownership perspective, look at it sooner rather than later, right? So yep. um, get that done with. The age old, you know, cap table kind of. Yep. Yeah, and, who wants what? And I mean, what does everyone bring to the table? And if people are, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going through this with a company right now where we've got a founder who's spending literally 100% of his time on the, the, uh, the startup and he's got a, quote-unquote co-founder who is who has about 40 percent of the company but he's probably spending about five percent right of of time his time yeah. on the company so uh, does that make sense is that right no not really <laughs> right yeah. so so that's the type of things that I, I think people need to talk about right yeah and talk about sooner rather than later right and is there like any surefire way to navigate those types of 
those instances where you know you, you said this this founder this co-founder doesn't seem to be carrying his weight and the other co-founder clearly is um how do you get through that without friction and you know make sure that the outcome is best for i guess the founder and the cap table as a whole and the company yeah i look i my opinion is i i think friction can be okay and can be good right i mean just uh, bring it ahead just talk about it right say yeah. hey no you know i suppose like a king can on the road or like kind of uh, skirting around the issue like yeah. do it now because investors once you get to the point of investors asking about you and 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 so on or what or even customers you got to have those solved right so yeah. don't have that friction be that underlying thing that's going to continue like because face it head on right yeah. say hey we've got an issue right i'm spending 100 percent of my time on this company you're i'm i'm contacting you yeah. like here there and like i literally you're probably spending 10 percent every time but you own 50 percent of the company what's the deal right so um don't 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 let it go so like, being being avoidant yeah. for the sake of preserving harmony chemistry whatever is never the solution because it's ultimately just gonna it's gonna just blow up down the line and when it when it really really matters so yeah. well i mean you might yes and like you said it might be harmony right now but in the future when it really comes down to it it's gonna be a lot of friction and it's gonna be shit show <laughs> like, yeah it's gonna be shit show yeah um but yeah no it's not good i mean it's um i mean whether it's personal life or in business i mean just don't be passive aggressive just just face it head on and just talk about it and figure it out right yeah, be forward be honest open with yep. your intentions of yep. all all the usual good stuff uh comment i guess you can say that common sense and how to be a good human carries over into how to be a founder and co-founder um and just Absolutely. be forward yep. um Great. I I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, hey, founder listeners, thank you so much for taking a listen. Eric, thank you so, so much for your time, your advice, your experience, the stories you provided. Uh, I think we've really covered, uh, created a really comprehensive episode for our listeners here on um, just what it takes to build a good team, finding that co-founder. Uh, we've talked about, you know, cap tape. We ended with cap tables, uh, really important guys, uh, really important listeners. Um, and uh, just all those other factors. Uh, great stuff. Thank you so much again. Thanks for having me, Justin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode of Investor Bites on the Hey Founded podcast. Take care.